0: Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training. Lifting the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training Into your life because it's not just a phase It is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com Backslash blog and you can also give me a follow on instagram at Face the Climb. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Face the Climb podcast. And I'm excited for today's episode. I did a little Instagram post about this last week, a little short one, try to get a snippet in there. And it was climbers are not the unicorn of sports when it comes to training. And we're going to expand on that today. And, you know, I don't use this as an insult. It's just that a lot of times climbers in the first place don't come from an athletic background. So not coming from an athletic background, you just don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. You just don't know. There is nothing, nothing wrong with that. So you think because you are climbing, because you are a climber and this looks different than other sports, like the sport itself of climbing looks very different from the sport of soccer, or let's say the sport of lacrosse or football, that you should be training completely different. And we're going to break that down. And why, guess what, it's actually very similar in how you train across the sports and across all sports, essentially, and it's based on basic principles. And I'm not even really going to dive into the basic principles, but just to kind of like show and explain to you how... Climbing is similar to other sports, and you can look to other sports and how other sports train and apply it to climbing to train for climbing and improve your climbing performance, especially when it comes to lifting. I am so excited for today's episode. Uh, And before we dive in, though, of course, a couple updates. This is airing end of August, last week of August, which means we are almost in September, almost fall, almost September. Oh, thank God I am saving myself for the pumpkin spice. Coffee drinks. I'm saving myself until September, even though they are out at the stores. I'm saving myself till September. It is very, very hard because I fucking am a basic bitch and I love my pumpkin spice coffees. But we are waiting and Sentemps just so excited with the fall coming. But with September as well, that means that the free lifting guide is coming out. And I decided on the name. The name is the free lifting guide because that's exactly what it fucking is. Why make up a crazy, cool, like complicated name? When I could just literally have the name be what it is. And this free lifting guide is, first off, free, but it's also the platelet, that's the wrong word, the template, the starting off point for you to dive into lifting. It's going to give you all the information you need to feel confident and more knowledgeable about going in that weight room and start lifting. We are talking about going over exercises, barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, how to do different exercises like deadlifts, squats, rows, overhead presses, bench press, and so forth. And then also going into how to figure out what weights to lift, what reps sets to lift to help build up your strength, and how to progress that. And oh, I am so excited to share this with you all. But this is going to be coming out mid-September. So make sure you keep a lookout for that. Again, it is free because it is free. You should definitely download it, take it. It's going to be set up as a course format. So something that you log into and you're able to always go back to and refer to it. It's also going to have like lifting terminology and how to use, like, anatomy of a rack and going into that. It's just, it's gonna, I'm just so excited for this and so excited to share it with you all, and, you know, once I release the free lifting guide, I'll go into more why I am making this free, because this is stuff that people sell for, like, hundreds of dollars, and I'm not fucking kidding you, but I think that this is stuff that needs That should be free, and I'll dive into that once I release it, around the time that I'm releasing it. But that's one of the biggest updates. Another update is I redid my whole website. You should go check it out, facetheclimb.com, and I also, you know, I'm continuing with the blog. A new blog post is coming out tomorrow from today's episode of airing, and we're going to dive into the difference between barbells, dumbbells, kettlebells, you know, the pros and cons of each, and to help you figure out which one you want to use, what lifting medium you end up wanting to use. I'm a big fan proponent of using all of them, but that's a new blog post going out tomorrow. But uh, I am so excited. It was time. It was needed. It's been a while <laughs> since I touched my website, but it's really going, you know, encompassing this change moving forward with Face the Climb and just, you know, going back to my roots and really diving more into lifting. And I am so excited for it. You should definitely go check it out, face And I am opening up at the end of September, beginning of October, opening up spots for custom programs, no support. So I have not released this or offered this since last year, Black Friday. This was the Black Friday program deal that I did. I'm deciding to bring it back. I'm going to open up spots end of September, beginning of October. And I'm excited for this. and I'm opening up the spots beginning of September, end of sorry, end of September, beginning of October to start anytime after a certain date in November because I'm actually going on a climbing trip. I'm going to fucking Fontainebleau, y'all. I'm going to France, Fontainebleau, and I when I get back, I'll be able to start writing that and everything, but they go on sale end of September, beginning of October. So make sure you mark your calendars. I'll be letting the email list know first. So first dibs to the email list because there will be a set number of spots available for this. And then I'm not sure when I'll open them up again, but you'll be able to start them anytime. It will probably end up being November 10th because I believe I get back November 8th from my climbing trip. And you'll be able to use it anytime within six months of that start date. So you don't even need to use it right away. You could buy it Knowing that you're gonna want a training plan and you can use it anytime within six months of starting it, and I'll have a full payment plan, full payment option for three fifty, or a three month payment plan. I think it's like one seventeen, which ends up equaling three fifty, and it's for eight weeks of training plan. No support. You do still get a thirty minute Zoom call, and of course, if you have questions throughout the program, you're totally welcome to shoot me an email if questions arise and so forth. Ah. I'm excited to bring this back. It was such a hit last year, so I'm excited to bring it back to you all. So, that is updates from me. Ah, I'm so excited. And then I finally figured out what the name of the program I'm releasing beginning of January 2024. It's on my website, and the name of it's on my website on the homepage. So, you can go check that out on faceclimb.com. And I am excited. Oh, it's such a good name. It just, oh, I'm so excited for it. So excited. But of course, those are the updates. And then we have to go over favorite crack snack and coffee. So this person's favorite crack snack is an apple. Ah, oh, fucking apple. I wonder if they said that because this is the time of fall. And if you, you know, side note, if you want to share favorite crack snack and coffee on Face Climb podcast, just shoot me a DM. At face the climb on Instagram, shoot me a DM and I am gladly share it. That's how I get all of these people. Or I'll like do a question box and then people will like write in the answers and then I'll share them. But then sometimes I forget. I like screenshot them, but sometimes I forget which ones I've mentioned, which ones I haven't. So shooting me a DM always works too for favorite coffee and crack snack for the podcast. And this person's was an apple. I wonder if it's just like you know, maybe they're feeling folly. Apple, fall season, New England, New York, fuck, Connecticut, Northeast, apple season is upon us. And yeah, apples are a great one, especially if you eat the core. You know, if you don't eat the core, make sure you pack that shit out from the crag. Pack that shit out. We don't want to leave that at the crag. Pack it out or eat it. I do know people that eat the core. People like eating the core. If you like eating the core, you eat the core. I do not eat the core. I wonder if this person eats the core. I wonder what this person's favorite apple is. There are so many apples out there. I'm truthfully not the biggest apple fan, but if I were to have an apple, it would be a motherfucking Honeycrisp. Give me a Honeycrisp or Granny Smith. I like the tartness of Granny Smiths, but a Honeycrisp apple is like no other. And of course, those are usually the most expensive apples when you fucking buy them. Rude. Honeycrisp, gotta be like that. I understand, you know, they're worthy of it. The Honeycrisp is worthy of the extra money because they are delicious. And then this favorite, and then this person's favorite coffee is a latte. They did not specify anything else. You know, we're just, this is just general favorite crack snack and coffee, I'm guessing, because they did not specify their like favorite apple type. And they did not specify if they like what type of milk in their latte, even though if they don't specify milk, I'm guessing it's just normal milk for their lattes, but a hot latte. I'm feeling pumpkin basic bitch coming on, you know, pumpkin spice latte. I'm going to get one. Oh, I can't fucking wait. But yeah, latte and an apple. That sounds absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. Good for you, person. Now I want to go get a Honeycrisp apple, even though it's definitely it's end of August. This is not Honeycrisp apple season. But once it's Honeycrisp apple season, I'm going to get a Honeycrisp apple. And can I just note? Can I just note? You want to know what pisses me off about apple picking? Is when they give you a bag and you don't have the option of paying by the pound. And the reason for that is, like, I just want to go pick one fucking apple. I can't eat five pounds of apples. You know what I mean? Some of the A lot of the apple places do it where you have to fill up the bag or whatever. I just want one fucking apple. Ugh! Just give me one apple. I just want to go apple picking one. a pumpkin spice latte and pick one fucking honeycrisp apple. Is that too hard to ask? Is that too hard to ask? I don't know. I'll find one. I'll find a place that allows me to do that. I'm gonna find the one because I get, I don't eat apples enough. I'm not gonna eat five pounds of fucking apples. That's too many apples. Everyone says make an apple pie. I am a, oh, not a great baker. Work in progress. I could try, but still. Not my thing. Apples are just not my thing. And on that note, (laughs) what is my thing (laughs) is the subject of this topic of, you know, training for climbing. We can look at other sports. At the end of the day, training for climbing is not unique. Climbing training is not unique when compared to other sports. And we're going to start off with lifting. And I kind of mentioned this in the Instagram post last week, but we're kind of gonna expand on this. So, I was a college string and conditioning coach, for those that don't know. Every single team that I worked with squatted, whether it be back squat or front squat or goblet squat. Every single team did a deadlift, which is a hip hinge. All right, so that's focusing, that's the movement pattern that we are talking about here, would be a hip hinge for a deadlift. A lot of the sports teams, I will say, we ended up going with Romanian deadlifts, which are different from normal deadlifts. The bar starts up top, kind of targets the hamstrings a little bit more than the deadlift, the conventional deadlift. Or trap bar deadlift was another one. So that's just the bar itself is different. Um, You could look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about, a trap bar you can look it up online, just search trap bar. And it's a bar where you actually stand in the middle of it. It goes around you, so it just kind of disperses the weight differently. And then the we also did was bench press, whether that be with a bar, dumbbells, incline bench press, kind of depended on the season, depended on the sport. But there we have three movements, right? And then every single team also did rows. A lot of teams did um, dumbbell rows. Some teams did do bent over barbell rows, but every single team did rows. So right there, we hit four movement patterns. We hit the squat, the hinge, the pushing, pressing, pushing, pressing is bench press, and then pulling. Climbers, you should be doing the same those same for movement patterns as well because those are going to be the most bang for your buck you know we are not body lifters athletes are not body lifters our sport is not body lifting our sport is not powerlifting our sport is not olympic weightlifting you would probably you would still see similar training if you were that type of athlete as well And if you don't know what those type of athletes are, so bodybuilder specifically is training for a physique competition, a powerlifter, powerlifter competition lifts in bench press, deadlift, back squat. And then Olympic weightlifter is lifting in the clean, the jerk, and the, I always fucking forget this one, the snatch. Sorry, the snatch, (laughs) the snatch. There we go. So... Yet you would still hit those same movements. <laughs> you would still hit those same four movement patterns. And, you know, the reason why athletes hit those same four movement patterns, and also if you're just someone off the street, you are an athlete, hitting those same four movement patterns is the most bang for your buck because those movement patterns are going to incorporate large muscle groups. And also a lot of muscle groups. They're considered our compound lifts, essentially. And compound lifts are when you involve large muscle groups, large muscles, and large... And what I meant by large muscle groups is like large amount of muscle groups, and then also the larger muscles. And using those compound lifts, hitting those four movement patterns is going to be the most bang for your buck because that's going to be the most efficient way to gain strength to help you in your sport. And, you know, because we're getting our most bang with our buck, hitting those four movement patterns, it allows us to not have to focus so much time in the weight room. It allows us to still have time to actually do our sport. And this way we are able to be essentially the most efficient. And there has not been some, you know, crazy, groundbreaking, altering lift in the world of lifting to help build strength. Like, there has not been some crazy new compound lift to break the world of lifting in years. I don't even know when the fuck there was one. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know <laughs> when, like, I don't know when, I truthfully don't know when squat, deadlift, and bench press were created, row was created, but, like, there has not been something new. And these four movement patterns, you know, the lifts that I just mentioned, squatting, whether that be back squat, front squat, goblet squat, deadlifting of some variation, bench pressing, and then rowing, you know, or climbers, let's say pull-ups, I will say every single sport as well did Chin-ups or pull-ups? You did pull-ups for gymnastics, rowers that was more back-dominant, chin-ups for not as much back-dominant, but they were still doing it. And there's only so many exercises out there. There's only so many lifts out there that get the most bang for your buck. Like, I can't say that enough, you know? And then we're a lot of times climbers will focus so much on the climbing-specific movements, the climbing-specific weight movements. But even then, it's not something crazy. If you're hitting those compound movements, you're in a good place. If you're hitting those four movement patterns, you're in a really good place. And I would say hitting those four movement patterns, if you're lifting twice a week, if you hit those four movement patterns in each of your lifts, focusing on like maybe one over the other or so forth, you're in really good fucking shape. And that's how a lot of other athletes in sports train. That's how I program for my athletes. And that's how I programmed as well when I was a college strength coach. And yes, maybe, you know, for example, golf. Let's look at golf for a second. Golf is rotational. So golf had maybe a little bit more rotational accessory work in there. You know, maybe like weighted wood chops or... Side med ball throws. I wouldn't really, you know, but a climber could also do weighted wood chops and side med ball throws. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, there's only so, so many lifts out there. There really is. And those lifts are going to look the same across the sports. And then on top of that, because strength... Progressive overload, pretty much increasing the demands of what you are doing to get an adaptation, has been researched. At the end of the day, there's only so many ways to do progressive overload. You do progressive overload by increasing the volume or increasing the intensity, essentially, or increasing the difficulty of the exercise. That's how you do progressive overload. So what that might look like if if increasing the difficulty of the exercise, that could be, you know, and that kind of goes along with intensity as well. If you're trying to do, learn push-ups, it could be starting with knee push-ups and then working up to one knee push-ups, then getting to push-ups. So we increase the difficulty of the exercise but at the same time as we're increasing the difficulty of that exercise the variation of that exercise we're progressing that exercise we're oh, that is essentially increasing the intensity of the exercise so there's really only so many ways that we can progressive overload as well so that's going to look the same across sports like climbing is not this unicorn because our sport looks different than other sports it does not mean that our lifting to get stronger is necessarily going to look different than other sports. You know, I kind of mentioned we would have different sports do different squatting. Soccer players, very quad dominant sport, we were having them doing front squats. You know, front squats um, kind of lean more towards engaging the quads more. So we did front squats. Like that, that's, you know, does it really matter for a climber? I would say you could do... For a climber, truthfully, you could do front squats or back squats. Truthfully. Putting on what you like. Back squats are pretty the go-to. Pretty standard. So do back squats. Personally, I do front squats. Honestly. Back squats are actually really hard for me. I had an injury. <laughs> so that never fully recovered from college. And it makes back squats very difficult. Where front squats, the position of the bar, position of the weight, it's it makes it a little more... Easy to hit the mobility and to do for myself because of my injury. It was a groin injury. So Um, just the way that the weight hits and it kind of like goes with my sciatic as well. So back squats bother that. So at the end of the day, we, we aren't the unicorn. Like every single sports team I worked with squatted, deadlifted in some form, bench pressed and rode. They also all did chin-ups and or pull-ups. And climbers, yeah, you could do chin-ups or pull-ups. Chin-ups use more biceps. Um, pull-ups are going to be engaging the lats more. So as a climber, pull-ups make sense. But then again, climbers, you know, really... I wouldn't even say need to focus so much on pull-ups. Pull-ups are great. Pull-ups are great party trick for the fucking Instagram if you can do weighted pull-ups. And... It makes you feel good. It makes you feel badass. (laughs) But at the end of the day, rowing is great as well. Rowing's great, especially because we're doing so many fucking pull-ups on the wall. Yes, we aren't actually doing pull-ups, but we're fucking pulling ourselves up on the climbing wall all the time. Such a repetitive motion. Our lifts don't necessarily need to look like our climbing. What the lifting is doing, and this what lifting's doing for all sports is building up strength, building up your ability to produce more force to overcome an outside resistance. And that outside resistance is the climbing wall and pulling yourself up on the climbing wall or holding tension on the climbing wall. So being able to produce more force is helpful, 100%. And just like and it's also helpful in the fact that it can help you more resilient to uh, to injuries because the adaptations that are happening at the muscular and the tendons and ligament level makes you a little more resilient to injury. And it's also if you do get injured, you're in a p- better position to rehab quicker to get back to where you were if you were lifting beforehand and if you were working on developing and getting stronger. And that's the same fucking thing for every single sport. Every single sport, the same goal with lifting is to get stronger, is to become more resilient to injury, is to put you in a better position to be able to, to get back from injury quicker. And we are taking a little break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand That yes, what you are going through is valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the buy me a cup of coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com. Backslash face the climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzz Sprout subscriptions. Uh, oh, absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash climb and or doing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. You can find both of those down in the show notes. And again, I cannot thank you all enough for the sport. I absolutely love podcasting. Now we'll get back to the rest of the episode. Strength is an amazing thing for climbing. It is an amazing thing for every single sport out there, for every single athlete out there. If you are a climber, even if you're a recreational climber, you are, I consider you an athlete. 100%. I consider you an athlete. Even if you are just a recreational climber and you're like, I don't want to train. I just go to the gym, like climbing gym twice a week, go with my friends and everything. I don't care. You are, I consider you an athlete. And you would definitely benefit from lifting overall to help your climbing, but also help your longevity in climbing. Because if you are the recreational climber and you just go to the climbing gym, go to the crag to hang out with your friends and climb with your friends, I'm sure you want to do that for a very long time. Lifting is going to help that. So even if you are a recreational climber, lifting is going to help you. 110 fucking percent, and there's more benefits for that, and we'll dive into that in another episode, but that's not what this episode's about. This episode is talking about how climbing is not very different from other sports when it comes to training. So that that's like the general gist for the lifting aspect, and we're going to dive now into the more climbing aspect, and I do want to say as well, you know, I did not touch on this with the lifting, but... Yes, it's getting us stronger that does not necessarily mean that that's going to make you better at climbing. You still need to climb. And we always hear, you know, coaches, I caught my I got fucking caught up in this as well. This is why I I, I stopped like I support other climbing coaches, but this is definitely why I mute other climbing coaches because I get caught up in the fucking bullshit as well. I'm not immune to it. I get caught up in the bullshit and the rhetoric and the wording and everything. So I, I mute other coaches. I support you all if you are listening to this. I support you and I love you guys. Like, it's amazing what you do, but I get caught up in it and I just, it's just not good for me. And I got caught up in it being like climbing is a skill based sport, climbing is a skill No fucking shit climbing is a skill based sport. Every single sport out there is a skill based sport. But you don't see any other coach being like it's a skill based sport. When I was coaching lacrosse, when I was coaching soccer, there was not one time in my life that I ever said to my athletes, lacrosse is a skill based sport. You still need to practice lacrosse. Not fucking once. It's a given. You have to still do your sport, still do your activity to get better at your activity. However, lifting is going to help you get stronger. So if you continue to do your activity and continue to practice your activity and live out that activity, then that's when the strength is going to translate. (sighs) Man, and you know, and uh, I'll personally say, you could be like, well, Jen, you aren't really climbing. I'm not really climbing right now. I'm focusing on lifting right now. I'm preparing for the demands of root setting once again. So I'm doing that by lifting, getting myself in a stronger position because I need to be in a stronger position. And it's also still building up my capacity. Lifting is still building up your capacity, but it's also my climbing skills. I am very confident in my climbing skills. 100%. Where I was lacking was definitely like lock off strength, core tension, and finger strength. My climbing skills, everyone fucking compliments on my climbing skills. I am very confident in my climbing skills. So I'm okay with taking a little time off, especially because once I start root setting, I'm gonna be fucking climbing all the time. (laughs) So, you know, if you are confident in your climbing skills and you wanna take a little break off from climbing, that's totally fine. But do realize then it's going to be a longer transition to be able to take that lifting, that strength that you gained from lifting, and bring it to the wall. There's going to be a learning curve with that, and just understand that. It will take more time versus if you continued to climb. And then, you know, going off of that is training on the wall. And this is where also climbers, you know, climbing looks very different than soccer. Soccer, you're running around on a field. Climbing, you're fucking hanging off of a wall on holds. Or you're hanging off of rock. Very, very different. However, when it comes to training, your aerobic capacity, you know, your climbing fitness, you could say, when it comes to on the wall, it is the same. You could look at it as being the same as if you were training for other sports. And what I mean by that is we're going to dive in. Little quick, little quick lesson is let's say you're a sport climber, right? So sport climber, you tend to, as you get closer to your sport season, you start working more on endurance. So long duration, lower intensity, being able to hang on the wall for a while, This would be, you know, the aerobic system. And I do want to mention, you know, we have the three different systems that we're going to mention right now. We have the anaerobic alactic, the anaerobic lactic, and then the aerobic. I do want to mention they are all going on at the same time. You know, it's not like one kicks in, then shuts off, the other kicks in, shuts off, then aerobic kicks in and shuts off. No, they're all, it's all happening at the same time. I do want to mention that. It's just at the rate that they happen is different. And, you know, so going back to the endurance, the sport climbing, long duration, endurance, you know, think of, I don't know, think of arcing, right? Right you're on the wall for a certain amount of time, you're trying to stay on the wall for like 20 minutes, this is going to be a low intensity, right? A very low intensity, because for you to be able to stay on the wall for 20 minutes, you got to be climbing at a low intensity. This is very similar to that of like sustained exercise sports. So think of longer distance runners. When they're training for their longer distance run, they're going to be running a longer distance at a lower intensity to train for that. Kind of the same, right? Kind of the same. It's just that one's doing it while running and you're doing it on the wall. So then we'll go to, we'll say the anaerobic lactic system. So this would be like, you know, this one kind of kicks in. We're training like the t- at 10 seconds to 90 seconds, so like a minute and 30 seconds. This is a very, very hard system to train. It is very hard, but when we think about it, this could be like running the 400 to 800 meters in track and field. This could be soccer players or lacrosse players doing turf ladder. So a turf ladder is. You run to the first restraining line, 25 meters, run back, run to the midway line, run to the halfway point, run back, run to the opposite restraining line, so 75 meters and back, run to the opposite side of the field and back. That usually takes about like you're aiming for about a minute and 15 seconds. You want a minute and 30 and under. That's the same for climbing as it would be like four by fours, essentially. Four by fours are going to take you around that like 60 to 90 seconds. That's essentially the same thing as a 4 by 4 We're training the same fucking systems. Just how we do it, we do it in our sport. We do it how we would in our sport. You know, lacrosse and soccer players are runners. They run. That's how they do their sport. So they're doing it as running. We're doing it as climbing on the wall. Yet we're still doing it in the same amount of time, aiming for the same amount of time, the same amount of workload at the same intensities to produce these same fitness adaptations that we are looking for in the sport. And then the last one would be like, you know, our anaerobic alactic system. So this is like those short bursts, like 10 seconds, those short bursts, think of quick sprints. So like a 10 to 40 meter sprint. I think it's like 40 meter sprint. You're looking at like aiming for 10 seconds or less. Um, This could be football players' Gymnastics, soccer players, quick sprints, you know, quick run across to the other opposite side of the side, opposite side of the field, you know, quick sprints like that. That's going to be like 10 to 13 seconds. That's limit bouldering for us. Limit bouldering. We're aiming for like five, three to five moves all out, you know, five to seven moves all out. That's about like 10 seconds. That's about 10 seconds of work. We're looking around that 10 seconds of work. You know, you could look at limit bouldering as our sprints for the rest of the sports. So that's where it's, you know, I hope this gives you a better idea of the fact that training for climbing is not unique compared to other sports. It's just that how climbing itself is different from other sports, yet how we train is not unique. It is not a unicorn. We are not the unicorn of training. Yes, Is doing limit bouldering going to look very different from someone sprinting a full field sprint 100% but at the end of the day we're training the same system and we're training in the same way? I hope that makes sense and I hope that gives you a better idea of how training, you know, climbing is not the unicorn when it comes to training compared to other sports. We can actually look to other sports and look at how they train, the principles that they follow, and bring it to climbing. Because every single other sport is using those same principles of training. So climbers as well are using those same principles of training as the other sports. It's just that climbing's so new and so many climbers don't come from athletic backgrounds that you're just not aware, you know, climbers aren't aware of this, so my hope is now that you listen to this episode, you have a better idea of how climbing training is similar, how getting better at climbing is similar to other sports, and that climbing is not unique when it comes to training. That's my, That was my hope with this episode. I hope it gives you a better idea, a better gist, and a better understanding of kind of the basis of of how climbing is not different from other sports. It's just that we climb on a wall. But the difference is that we climb on a wall versus running on a field, essentially. That's pretty much all that's changed versus swimming in a pool. it's <laughs> pretty much what all has changed. But thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, I cannot wait for fall. I cannot wait for sending season. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to another Face the Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows bench press for barbells and dumbbells this is guide is jam-packed with information an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting and of course make sure you go and follow me on instagram at face the climb i would love to see you there and have conversations all right have a good rest of your day y'all